Hey guys, how are you doing? Listen, I am so glad to be here. My name is Terry Darnell, and I had lived here a number of years ago. I was a youth pastor here at Family Life, and I went and started Family Life in, uh, in Sugarland. And, uh, you know, man, this is a great event, isn't it? I mean, God gave us tremendous weather. So I did, the, I did, I spoke at this event about 10 years ago and I made, I made a cardinal sin. I didn't eat anything. I never eat before I speak. And so I watched all this incredible food. I didn't eat anything. And, and I, I said, man, I don't care if I throw up when I speak or whatever, but I'm eating tonight, man. I hit about five of those booths. So that's incredible. You know, when I moved here from Texas, the first thing I noticed is, uh, man, these Cajun people, they love food. I mean, they love food. And, you know, I, in Texas, we love food. We love barbecue. But I'm like, man, the Cajuns take it to a whole nother level, man. And so this is just incredible back here. I hope you had a great time. We appreciate uh, all of the cooks. And uh, when, when I lived here, I just had such wonderful memories of living here. Lafayette, the surrounding area, such a great place if you're an outdoorsman. You like to be outdoors. But uh, numerous times, hundreds of times, I went fishing in the basin. I duck hunting with with some of my friends. I goose hunting with friends. It's just a tremendous place. And and I made some tremendous memories here. Gosh, my kids were a little bitty when we moved here, and now they're all grown. And, and uh, we talk about it, but I still have some great friends here. But just really making memories. And I, I was thought of a story this week. So when I moved here to become youth pastor, uh, I'd been here a couple months, and some of the, some of the older guys in the youth group, they said, hey, Terry, man, we're gonna, we're, we want to take you duck hunting. We're going to go duck hunting in a rice field. I want you to go with us. And, and uh, you know, I, was, I said, okay, well, I guess that's a good idea. And so I asked them, like, hey, you know, uh, do y'all do have everything you need? you need anything? And do you have decoys? And I was like, oh, we don't use decoys. They're just going to land and we're going to shoot them right there. I said, okay, man. I mean, in Texas, we use, you know, we use decoys, but I don't know, man. Maybe Louisiana, they, I don't know, maybe they are one with the birds or whatever, you know, and. And I said, hey, someone can call a duck. You got duck calls. Oh, no, no, they're just going to come land right there. I said, okay. So we got there. It's a cold day. Man, the wind was blowing. It, you know, it was a beautiful day for duck hunting, overcast, windy. But, man, it was cold. And so I'd never fished. I'd never hunted in a rice field. So we go. The rice field's flooded. And we got to cross this one little coulee to get to our blind. And I'm like, hey, guys, man, look, that looks pretty deep right there. And, uh, you know, they had told me to wear, you know, just hip boots. And one guy had waders. He said, I'll carry y'all across. Well, we were all big guys, you know. So one guy starts carrying him across. And the guy on his back's big. You know, they, they, he trips. They fall. They're underwater. You know, the guns, everything underwater. So they're on the other side. And, uh, and they're freezing. And, and I, said, I said, well, guys, uh, you know, I'm good. You know, y'all go on and hunt. I'll just stay here. You know, I'm good. And they're like, no, no, you got to come, Terry. You got to come. And I'm like, man, they may go around the church telling people that, man, the new youth pastor's a sissy, you know. So, so I just, I mean, I ran and I just jumped as far as I could, you know. So now we're all soaking wet. We go out there to the duck blind and, uh, you know, no decoys, no calls. There's no ducks. Ducks aren't just landing for us to shoot. And uh, so anyway, we stay out there for about an hour. No one said anything. Finally, one of the guys just, he's one of the guys just, he just, he just, he lost. He's like, ah, just started running back toward the truck. Then the second one did it. And the third one did it, you know? And so finally, I'm like, gosh, I don't, they may leave me out here, you know? So I started moving back toward the truck. We all went across the coulee. We all got wet again. So I get there and um, like they're in the truck, 
with all their clothes off, they're just in their long johns. And, and I, I opened the door to get in, and he said, he said, no, this is a new truck, man. You got to take your clothes, you got to take the wet clothes off. So now we're all driving, you know, right through Scott. We're driving back here. We, you know, just have, you know, we're soaking wet, just have our long johns on. They pull me out to my front door. My neighbors, the new neighbors that have been there for six weeks, they're out taking their kids to school. And here, here I come out there undressed, you know, the long johns. I go in there. My wife said, what happened? I told her, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it. And uh, those guys, we have never talked about that trip again. Uh, I wanted to keep it quiet, but hey, the crazy thing is when you do something like that, you make memories. And uh, so I was I was introduced to the outdoors by my father. Many of y'all know uh, my dad, Jim Darnell. How many of you know uh, Jim Darnell? He's been coming out here for years, and um, he is he is an extreme outdoorsman, and he fishes or hunts about three hundred days a year. And so and so I was I was raised, you know, hunting, fishing kayaking in rivers, lakes, marshes, you know, wherever. And um, the only thing about my problem, the only, the only problem with my dad is that he has no fear of death. And so as a young boy, I knew that I would never see my 16th birthday. So I gave my life to Jesus at a young age. That's why, because I would go out with my dad and I, I was scared I wasn't coming back. But, you know, if you're out fishing and you see some dark clouds just rolling in. I mean, it looks scary. You know, there's lightning. Most people just call it a day and go to the dock, right? You know, live to fight another day. My, here's what my dad says. You know, look, the fish are on a bite right now. And you know what? I think God's going to make the storm go the other way. I think it's just going to blow around us, you know? And, uh, of course, it never does. And one night, one night I spent, uh, we spent a night on an island out in, out in the Corpus Christi Bay. Um, is before cell phones. My mom thought my mom thought we had died. She we didn't make it back. We're supposed to be back, and uh, you know we just, we were we were about to sink. So we went to an island. We just ran the boat up on an island. We stayed out there all night. It hailed. It rained. It lightning. And so we get up in the morning to bail the boat out and go home. And you know my dad says, uh, "Wow, that was an adventure, wasn't it?" And, you know, I had a, a talk with him a couple years ago. I'm like, you know, Dad, when you think you're, you're having fun, when you think it's some big adventure, everyone else is scared to death. You know, we think we're, we think we're about to die. So I was seven years old, and uh, we went out, we went out uh, fishing, uh, my dad and I and one of his friends, and we'd been fishing all morning, and they decided that they were going to finish the day uh, wade fishing in some flats. And so... We were out, out if you know Port Aransas, Aransas Pass area. We were out there, and and so there was one one gut that went in and just opened up into all these flats and marshes. And so they were going to wade back there, and I said, Dad, I'm tired. So they said, Look, son, I want, there's a sandy edge right here. I want you to sit on this ledge right here. Just throw throw out into the gut right there, and you may catch a flounder, redfish going in and out of the gut. So I did that, and they went off, and you know they started wading and. <clears throat> Been there about 15 or 20 minutes, and I, I keep hearing something, but I, I'm looking around, and I don't you know, I don't see anything, and so don't know what it is. And about 15 or 20 minutes, I got a thought, you know, I was sitting on like a sandy, uh, you know, kind of a shell ledge, and I thought, man, I, I'm on a ledge. The ledge goes underneath me a little bit. And I, I looked under under my legs, and about a foot away was was a big rattlesnake. And it had been there. I, you know, I was doing what kids do. I was throwing rocks in the water. I was kicking stuff. And, uh, you know, within less than a foot away, this rattlesnake was there. 
And so then I had, then I'm like, so I said, okay, I know what I need to do. They say, if you see a snake, you hold still. So I just started holding still. I didn't move a muscle for about 30 seconds. And I'm like, wait a minute. I've been moving around for 15, 20 minutes. The snake has seen me. So I just launched my pole. I just took off running down the beach like a madman, went out there. And I'm hollering for my dad to come. And he wades in. He's like, son, what are you trying, what are you doing? Why are you calling me over? I'm trying to catch some fish. And uh, I said, man, you know, there was a snake and he said, uh, so we went over there and we killed it. And uh, he didn't say anything to me, but he was said something to his friend. He's like, man, if he had been bit, that had been, that had been catastrophic because we're at least, we're at least two to three hours away from any, any medical help. And so I was thinking this week about another story that, that was about a snake. And in Acts chapter 28, the apostle Paul, uh, he is now, he's on board a ship. He's being taken to Rome to stand trial before Caesar. So he's a prisoner. And uh, the, the boat he's on, the small ship, it gets caught up in what they call a northeaster. And for 14 days, they're just getting pounded, pounded, pounded. Uh, they've thrown all their tackle overboard. They've done everything they can to lighten the ship. They put ropes around the boat to hold it together. And uh, all of a sudden, they realize they're, they're, they're taking sound by the horn. And they realize, man, it's 120 feet deep, it's 90 feet deep, it's 60, it's getting shallower. And they know they're fixing, they're about to run onto some rocks, and they do that. They, the, the boat get, gets just destroyed, but they're right by land, and they end up swimming up, and they're on the island of Malta. They're in the Mediterranean, and um, so they come in, you know, they're exhausted, they, have, they haven't slept for 14 days, they haven't eaten, they're wet, they're tired. And so they, they make a fire on the beach. And, uh, you know, as they're making the fire, Paul goes, to, he grabs some, uh, some brush and he goes to throw in the fire. And as he does that, the Bible says that a viper, a poisonous viper, came up out of the heat and latched onto his hand. So it's just hanging there by his hand. And, of course, he shakes it off. But the amazing thing is, is that, um, you know, all the people, all the locals there knew that he was going to swell up and die real quickly. It's one of those poisonous vipers that's called, like, you've heard of the three-step snake or the five-step snake, but if you get bitten by the time you take three to five steps, you're dead. But the amazing thing is Paul just goes about his business. Uh, he's not, he's not uh, bothered at all. He shows no ill effects from the snake bite, and they begin to call him a god. And I, I was thinking about this story this week and the story that I lived through a number of years ago. As Men, as we go through life, it's very possible to, to get bitten by the circumstances of life, to be snake bitten by the circumstances in our life. You know, life in the real world is tough. I mean, there's people here, there's men here right now, you're going through difficult times. There's some of you that, that you know, you may have a physical prognosis of, of cancer or something that if Barring a miracle, you're, you're not going to make it. I mean, life just throws some incredible things at us. You know, uh, I talk to I talk to people all the time. You know, I, here's what I noticed, whether it's Louisiana or Texas or Mississippi or Colorado, people still have the same problems. That's what I've noticed. And I've, I've talked to I was talking to a guy last last week and I mean, he's been working for this company for 20 years. He had he had been faithful. He had been loyal. You know, he thought he was going to end his career there. He was going to retire there. They call him in one day 
and just give him the pink slip. There's no loyalty, uh, no concern for him, no explanation. And how many of you know when you've given your life, you know, to other people and your security is taken from you, that's that's a slap in the face. That's a that's a snake bite. Others, others here, uh, maybe you've had it. You had a great family and you came home one day and and your wife just said, you know, I'm, I'm done with the marriage. And you've gone through the snake bite or the pain or the, the poison of having to deal with a broken family. You know, perhaps someone that you really counted on, somebody that you really relied on, uh, you know, that you, you really depend upon, somehow they betrayed you and you feel the hurt of, you know, having one of your good friends or colleagues, you know, kind of sell you out and be betray you. And so there's so many scenarios in life where we can be hurt, where hurt or pain uh, can come into our lives. But unlike Paul, see, Paul was bitten by a poisonous viper and it didn't affect him. But in the normal life, when we're bitten by a snake or when we're bitten by a negative circumstance in life, you know, we just don't shake it off back in the fire. It really begins uh, to mess with us. And, uh, you know, it's like the poison of that situation or circumstance really seeps into our bloodstream and it changes who we are and it changes how we live our lives. And here's what I notice: When we've been bitten by a circumstance in life, a lot of times we start showing symptoms. And here's some of the symptoms that are normal in life, that men and women alike, that, uh, that guys, no matter how tough you are, when we get bit by something in life that hurts us, these are some of the symptoms. First of all, sometimes we start to isolate ourselves. We just pull away from friends. We pull away from family. We pull away from God. We pull away from church and during the difficult times. And we, we move ourselves away from the people that can actually encourage us the people that can actually walk with us, the people that can actually help us get through these difficult situations. And sometimes a nor another normal human nature is that we begin to self-medicate. You know, all of a sudden you begin to drink a lot more than you used to. Uh, you start taking prescription pills more than you used to. You start abusing some type of a drug or pain painkiller. Uh, you know, and, and the whole the reason we medicate is because we have a hurt or a pain in our life that we just can't deal with. So if we do something for a little bit to numb the pain, we feel like it's worth it. The problem is, is that once we, we sober up or once the medication wears off, whatever you're doing, it's still there. It's still there. Uh, sometimes we develop hardness of heart. And uh, we, we, we begin to close ourselves off and we become critical. We become pessimistic. And a lot of people get mad at God. You know, God, if you were really good, God, if you love me, you wouldn't allow this situation in my life. And the truth is, when Jesus was walking on the earth, he dealt with this. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So the whole deal is we live in a fallen world. There's no promise that anyone gets to go through life without any problems. But the benefit of having God in your life is that he walks with you through this, this situation. You know, so what is the solution? If you're hearing you've been snake bit by a circumstance in life, what, what is the solution to be? What can, what can we do? 
What can we do to, to alleviate the, the pain and suffering we're going through? And so I want to tell you another story about a snake in the Bible. It's Numbers chapter 21. And if you remember, God sent Moses to deliver the Jewish nation, the children of Israel, out of slavery in Egypt. And as they're walking through the desert, you know, they just, they're just habitual complainers. And one day they're complaining. They complain to Moses. They complain about God. And they complain about the food and God's just tired of it. So the, in Numbers 21, it says that God, that God sent poisonous snakes among them and began to bite some of them. Many people begin to die. So then they run back to Moses and say, you know what? We were wrong. We repent. Pray to God to take the snakes away. And so God told Moses, here's what I want you to do. I want you to make a bronze snake and I want you to put it up on a pole so that anyone who gets bitten they can look at the bronze snake and they'll live. So this is the interesting thing. They still get bit by a snake. They still, they're still going to get bit, but there is a, now a cure. There's now a cure for the snake bite. And so, you know, this story, it's a shadow of what was to come through the life of Jesus Christ. See, God sent Jesus into the world. And the Bible says that he was going to be lifted up on a wooden cross. He was going to be lifted up on a cross that was made for a criminal. And he was going to be lifted up and he was going to be humiliated and put to shame. When Jesus hung on the cross, he was completely naked. He was humiliated. He was shamed. And the reason he went to the cross was so that you and I could be delivered from our sin problems could be delivered from the pain and suffering that's going to come through this life. And so just as the Israelites had to look at the snake to be well, see what it says is that you and I, we have to look at Jesus. We have to accept what Jesus Christ has done for us. And when we look to him, when we establish a relationship with him, when we ask him to come into our lives, he can come in and he can touch the painful areas. He can make up the differences. We were made, to, we were created to have a savior. So here's the key. You have to look to him. You have to swallow your pride and surrender your life to him. And you know, the amazing thing about men, let's be honest, men. A lot of times, men, we have a pride issue. Even when we know the right thing to do, or we know what the right solution is. Sometimes we just want to be in control of our own lives. I'm going to read one scripture, Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says this, if you declare in your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So let's talk about that word. The word believe right now, the New Testament was written in the Greek and like a lot, probably everyone here tonight says, oh yeah, that's no problem. I believe in Jesus. And what you're saying is, I believe that there was a factual person named Jesus who lived in Israel and we believe that he was the son of God and we believe that he died for our sins. But that's not really what this word here believes. It says, if you believe in Jesus, if you believe in your heart and what that means, that means that you that you're all in for Jesus, that you've given him everything that you have. Uh, let me ask you, how many poker players we have here? 
Come on now, be honest. Come on now. If you if you play poker, here's the idea. Here's what this. Here's a word picture of what the word believe means. If you're sitting there and you got the royal flush, you got the best hand, and you're sitting there, what do you do? You push your chips all in, like you're all in because you know you're not going you're not going to lose. This word, when it says those who believe in Jesus Christ, it means that all of your chips are across the table. Like you're all in on Jesus. There's no going back. It's like, man, I give my life to Jesus. I tell him, I need you to lead me. I need you to guide me. I need you to be my savior. Back in the late 1800s, about 1860, in New York, there was uh, there lived actually the best tightrope worker walker in the whole world. I, I believe the best tightrope walker that has ever lived on the face of the earth. His name was Charles Blunden, and he was a Frenchman. And his his parents moved from France uh, to to New York, and he used to tightrope across the Niagara Falls, and he did it more than three hundred times. I mean, you can Google it. They have pictures. It's amazing. He walked across forward. He walked across backwards. He walked pushing a wheelbarrow across. One day he walked out and sat on the middle with a stove and cooked an omelet. I mean, it's just unbelievable. He's unbelievable. So one day he pushed a wheelbarrow across to the Canadian side. And he said, guys, he said, how many of you believe that I could push put a person in this wheelbarrow and push it across back all the way across the tightrope. And everyone shouted, George or Charles, we believe in you. You can do it. He said, hey, that's great. I just need one volunteer. And you know what? He never got a volunteer. As a matter of fact, the only person he ever talked into doing it was his manager, the guy that managed his career and he, he, he walked piggyback across the, a tightrope over, over Niagara, Wall, Niagara Falls. So the thought is this. The thought is this, guys. When we get snake bitten in life, when life throws something at us that's just difficult, and it's, it's eating at us, it's causing pain in our lives, we need a solution, and the solution is Jesus. But you don't use Jesus like a, like a genie in a bottle. You don't rub a bottle whenever you need something. What you do is you say, I am all in for Jesus. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm giving everything to Jesus. And uh, I'm just going to trust that you're going to lead me. You're going to guide me. And most importantly, you're going to feel those hurts and pains of my life that I've been trying to do on my own. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to do something tonight, men. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you those that just want to commit their life to Jesus. Maybe you've never heard about Jesus. Maybe you've never heard the gospel that you got to give your life to Jesus, ask him to be your Lord and Savior. But I'm going to do something a little differently because we're men, right? We're men. You know, sometimes you go to church, you go to places, and we say, everyone bow their head, everyone close their eyes, and we're going to get you to commit. But you know what the Word said tonight, that you, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is, is the Son of God, is the Savior. And if you profess with your mouth, you will be saved. So here's the thing. If we're going to be all in for Jesus, we can't be shy about it. We can't be shy about it. So what I'm going to do here in just a minute, I, I'm going I'm I'm to pray, first of all, for those who've never given their life to Jesus and, or who are backslidden and say, I just want to commit my life to Jesus. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand and 
guys, as men all over, all over this, this, this field right here, as they begin to raise their hand and profess Jesus as their Savior, I want y'all to give them, a, I want you to give them one heck of a clap. You know, the Bible says this, that when one person gives their life to Jesus, all the angels in heaven celebrate. So as you begin to give your life to Jesus tonight, not only is it going to do something for you, it's going to fill the hurts and voids in your life, but heaven begins to celebrate when Jesus, when, when the Father sees people come to Jesus. Father God, I come before you right now, and I know that there are, there are many men here tonight. There are many that are they're away from you. They've never given their life to you. They're not serving you. And Lord, life has dealt them some tough blows. But Lord, tonight is their night. Tonight's the night of salvation. Tonight is the night of healing. Tonight is the night of acceptance. So men, just right where you're at, if you want to give your life to Jesus tonight, you say, man, I, I, I'm tired of running. I want to give my life to Jesus. Just all over. Would you just begin to raise your hands? I know that there's many men. There's many men who need Jesus. Just begin to, just begin to raise your hands. I see hands. Let's begin to clap for him, man. Yeah. Come on in the kingdom. I want to pray a prayer with you tonight. If you, if you have not never given your life to Jesus, I want to pray with you. Just say it after. Let's just all say it together and let's work with him and say, Father God, tonight I recognize that I need a Savior. I need Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. And at this moment, I bow my knee to Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to cleanse me and purify me on the inside. And I ask you to come and just take the poison that these snake bites we've talked about, have, have, the effect they've had on me. Just, just remove that and just deliver me from the hurt and pain. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer, I just encourage you to find a good church. Family Life's an incredible church. There's other good churches in town. Find a good church where you can go and start being fed and growing. Now, guys, also, I want to pray. I want to pray for all the men who feel like you've been snake bitten. Some things have gone wrong in your life, but you are a Christian. You already are a Christian. And you know that you're saved. But right now, we're just going to take authority because, you know, if we've given our lives to, to the Lord, Sometimes we just got to push the devil back. You know, he, he's, he's messing in territory that's not his. So listen, if you're experiencing any type of hurt or pain, I'm just going to pray and ask for you to be encouraged. Would, would you just stand up all over where you're at? If, if you, if you, I know I'm a Christian, but I just, listen, I have some pain going on in my life. I have some hurts and I just want God to help me. Let's pray for these. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we know Lord, that even when life is painful, even when we're snake bitten by betrayal or hurt or whatever it is in life, Lord, we can come to you because you have the ability to transform our lives. You have the ability to transform our hearts. You have the, the power and the capability of bringing peace into my life when it seems like we are in turmoil. So God, I just pray for the peace of God just to flood this, this room and this men, all these men, I pray for your peace, for hope and faith, just to flood everyone here tonight. God, fill their hearts 
with love and compassion in peace. And Lord, I just pray that everyone that's going through a difficult time, Lord, you're bringing them out on the other side. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you so much, guys.